Welcome to the Nightly Rant with your hosts, Mike and Toria. This is the show where we examine society from a sarcastic point of view. If you like insane conversations, this is definitely the show for you. Let's get into today's topic. YPN people, I don't know about you, but I love helping out a friend. That's why I want to shout out my friend Brian Little and his podcast, Your Favorite Blockhead. This is the only show that manages to weave together peanuts and MMA into one heck of an amazing podcast. You can find your favorite blockhead wherever your favorite podcasts reside and at yourfavoriteblockhead.com. Do me a huge favor and listen to Brian's show. You'll be entertained and you'll help out a friend. Now, as I said, let's get into today's topic. So I think the other night was the first night that I've ever gone to an outdoor movie. It's definitely the first time that I've ever gone to an outdoor movie. It was interesting because it wasn't that crowded, to be honest. I mean, there was a lot of people, but it wasn't that crowded. Because it was a big space. Yeah. It was smart where they put it, right? Like, it was really smart. And that screen was sort of cool. I liked that they had big old loudspeakers so you could really hear. That was one of the things I always wondered about when I saw these outdoor Because I think it's either Huntington Beach or Long Beach or both that during the summer, they do outdoor movies on the beach. Huntington Beach. I always see them advertised. I always wonder, like, with the ocean sounds and stuff like that, won't it be too loud? Also, I don't think it would quite be as comfortable on the sand. Like, it was nice to be able to sit in a chair and just watch the movie and just relax. I think that you would do the same thing on the beach. You would just get kind of sandy. Which you would personally hate. I despise hate. that. The only thing I would change about the way they had the speakers, and it's probably not even possible because of the amount of cable you'd need, but like move them out farther so they're not like aimed straight at the audience and have a second set of them farther back. Yeah. It was a good time though. And then how interesting was it that there they go, right as the movie's beginning, earthquake. Number two. Earthquake number two. We've been having earthquakes. Do they haven't stopped? One after another, after another, after another, after another. And they're like 150 miles away, and yet we're still feeling them. Yeah, because one of them was a 6.8 and one of them was a 7.1. And then they've been having, right after the 7.1, they were having a three to four point earthquake every minute. And then when I looked earlier, it was still continuing, but it was ever like three to five minutes. Can you imagine? Because you can feel a three if you're like right on top of it. I've never personally lived right at the epicenter, but I have lived like 15, 20 miles from the epicenter of a quake. One? Of a big one? It was a six point something. And the aftershocks drive you nuts because it starts shaking. And then after it starts shaking, it stops. A few minutes goes by, it starts shaking again. Then a few minutes go by and it starts shaking again. And it's non-stop. But this earthquake stuff is exactly what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how people are waiting for what they call the big the one. Big one. <laughs> and it's kind of like going to church and people talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. You know, for hundreds of years, people have been waiting for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And throughout all that time, there have been people who predict, oh, it's going to be this time. Oh, it's going to be coming soon. Oh, it's right around the corner. Oh, look, here are signs. And it's exactly what they do with the, quote, big one, end quote. Of course. They tell you this indicates that it's going to be the big one. That indicates it's going to be the big one. I was just looking at CNN.com because I always look at them to kind of get a chuckle at the news. 
they had a whole thing about how scientists are talking about how you need to be careful because this could indicate that the big one is coming. Yeah, every time there's a pretty large earthquake on the San Andreas Fault, they say it's going to be the big one. See, I would think that these two smaller earthquakes, I don't know, what's it, like 3,000 T-tiny earthquakes, make it less likely that there's going to be a big one right now because... It's getting out all of its energy in slow motion instead of like one big giant wapow. I tend to agree with you on that. If there's going to be a big one, it's going to be because the plates get caught. There's going to be like a moment of silence and then it's going to slip and fuck everybody. I tend to agree with you. I guess what what I wanted to say was what bothers me about it is, you know, all these people talk about the big one and then there'll be like probably for the next few weeks, there'll be if we ever watched network television, which we don't. All the news channels will do something about earthquake preparedness. And nobody listens. Nobody does anything about it. They don't really press it. It's almost like, hmm, how to describe it. It's like they tell you about something for a short period of time. And it's so short that it just leaves your memory. You don't even worry about it anymore. What exactly are you supposed to do to prepare for an earthquake? Well... Have your home inspected and make sure that any other earthquakes and aftershocks and whatever haven't caused problems. And if they have, have someone come and fix it. Well, that doesn't apply to us because we live in an apartment. So, okay, check. And then making sure that you know how to turn your gas off in an emergency. That also doesn't seem like our responsibility, is it? It's not our responsibility, but it'd be something it'd be nice to know how to do. I personally think that in an apartment complex like this, there should be multiple people who are kind of like, emergency monitors in a sense that go okay in case of an emergency like we're in a unique situation our maintenance man moved into our building that's another story for another day but our maintenance man moved into the building but what if he didn't and he didn't live here or if it was like when we first moved here and our maintenance man lived like half hour away i would think that would be one of the responsibilities of the night manager (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say about that but but i think you know you need to know this just being prepared, having water prepared, you know, and like emergency kit, knowing where to meet if there's a big issue. We're kind of lucky in that we're together most of the time. Yeah. But like normal people, you know, they go off to work in different places and they have plans for, okay, if something bad happens, this is how we're going to get in contact with one another. This is where we're going to meet, etc. Makes sense. And then you got infrastructure issues that the government should be checking, making sure that roads are good, that overpasses are solid i mean imagine you know you're driving down not avenue and you go under the 91 freeway well if that's not stable during an earthquake it can collapse and the overpasses they move don't they yeah like they flex yes because if they're too rigid then that's what they collapse exactly and i think it's a testament to engineering how well structures withstand earthquakes these days what's well, like, interesting we talked about this, I don't know, like a month ago. Houses here, buildings here, if they were to get a foot of snow, buildings would be just absolutely decimated because the structure couldn't hold that kind of weight. Just like a house in Canada that regularly gets all that snow couldn't withstand the twisty-twisty of an earthquake and would be absolutely decimated. It's just really interesting. Yeah, it's different depending upon where in the world you live. You know, you your, your buildings obviously are going to be built for the weather that you have and the kind of natural disasters that you deal with. It's just different. Just like infrastructure in California is not built for rain. You're right, because it doesn't rain here very often. Right. Or a lot when it does rain. But that's the problem. When we do get a big rainstorm, it is a mess. But, you know, back to the earthquake situation. 
I don't know why they make such a big deal about the big one, and then they don't do anything about it. The government in general. I don't even see them running around and taking care of business. That's because they've been saying the big one's going to happen every single year for like 100 million years. Well, that's that's kind of my point. You get complacent and you get into this like, I don't know, comfortable zone where (laughs) you just don't worry about it anymore. But I mean, I think it's I think it's the same thing with a lot of things in life. You know, people that go on a diet, then they make a mistake and they fall off their diet. But then instead of getting right back on their diet, they're like, oh, well, I made a mistake. I, I can't fix this anymore. I don't understand how people, it just in general, about issues like this, why we're all so defeatist. It's like, oh, well, well if there's an earthquake, the building's going to collapse. Oh, well, we just have to hope we're not there when it happens. Right. And it's just, it's kind of cuckoo. It's kind of crazy. I don't know. I don't understand. The earthquake situation, it is what it is. I've lived through quite a few in my time living here. I mean, I've lived in California for... 109 years, at least. No, uh, 49 years. Well, minus the year that I lived in Colorado, so 48 years. I do feel bad for the people in Ridgecrest and closely surrounding places. They're just getting shaken. Well, and there's apparently been some damage. There's been some fires. A lot of damage. It's pretty bad. And I mean, if you think about it, they took a really hard shaking. Then they're taking these constant aftershock shaking. And then there's just bound to be residual effects that eventually make something fall apart. Well, it was interesting. I was looking at the list, and so there was the 5 and then the 7.1, like within three minutes of each other. There's a 5 and the 7.1 within three minutes of each other. And then it was like 10 more 5-point-something earthquakes within the next three or four hours. And imagine counting all the 3-point-something earthquakes that were happening every minute. And imagine if there was structural damage and they haven't had time to fix it yet, what that's going to do with the constant you know, movement point, of the ground. Why would you bother fixing it until it stops? Well, I understand that, but my point, that's exactly my point, though. That's why there's so much damage, because they keep getting hit with more and more and more and more shaking. We saw all those pictures after the six-point-whatever earthquake, the first bigger one on the 4th of July, and how, like, it knocked all the cans off the supermarket shelves. Can you imagine how pissed all the people who went and picked all that shit up were that a 7.1 hit the next day and knocked it all back down again? I'd be pissed. I'd be like, fuck it. It's staying on the floor. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, I wanted to tell people, if you have thoughts on the earthquake, leave us a message. Play it on the show. Hotline number 657-529-2218. Leave us a message. And, hey, while I'm thinking about it, because the only person who's really left us a message since I've been advertising this line is our good buddy, your favorite blockhead. He's coming up on his 100th episode. Now, most podcasts die by the seventh episode and he made it the seventh to the yeah and he made it to the 100th episode now it's impressive to me but we've made it we're coming up on 300 here pretty soon in the next couple months and i remember how excited we were when we hit the 50th and 100th feels like it's been forever well and for us to be fair in the beginning we podcasted five days a week now it's down to three days a week we moved rather quickly towards that because of how often we podcast. So he only podcasts once a week. His show goes out once a week. You know, we've so, kind of slowed and become more consistent. Yeah. Two years, almost, he's been running his show. Wow. And he's planning some special things. Make sure you check him out at yourfavoriteblockhead.com. He's a good friend of our show, and I know you have a battle with him going on right now. I have to retaliate. He's coming after you and your Torian empire. It's He calls you the Torians, so that's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least they're not the Victorians. 
Then we'd well, be super don't pompous. Don't you want to be victorious? <laughs> <laughs> so we had a taste of what it's like to have a complete menagerie of dogs this past week as well. It was the same as when we had beans and stubby. It was pretty intense, though, because that one, Mr. Lukey, Lucky, Lukey, Lucky, whatever his name is. The Chiwi. Chiwi. I'll post a picture of him in the show notes. That guy was like, it took him a while to get used to us and get comfortable. He didn't just fit in. See, Beans and Stubby just kind of were like, okay, I like you guys. I'm here. But yes, from the standpoint of like the walks and stuff, wow, it gets complicated. Yeah. Three dogs is hard. Two, and you know, it's funny. I'm going to tell you something. It's just like this with kids too. You have one kid, eh, stop, difficult because it's your first kid. Then you have your second one and you're kind of like, ah, eh, no big deal. Then you have the third one and you go, oh my God, like, how am I supposed to, I only have two hands. How am I supposed to handle this? Same thing with the dogs. You only have two hands. How do you walk three dogs on leashes when you have two hands? Well, it was extra complicated because last week Yogi had to be on a leash because of the fireworks and how scared he was. Yeah, he gets very uh, freaked out. But see, I learned that you have to plan ahead, like watch for their patterns and where they relieve themselves and stuff like that. Because if you do that, then you're ready. But if you don't, then you're not ready and they catch you by surprise and you end up bagging up one's remains and then also another one does it, you know? But if you know where they're at, you can kind of be like, okay, they're going to go again. You get their pattern down. But walking them was like herding a bunch of kittens. They were just <laughs> everywhere. And they, you know, one wants to go to the left and the other one wants to go to the right and the other one goes straight ahead. And then, you know, Yogi, he takes advantage because our Yogi, inside the apartment complex, he walks off the leash because he's very, 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 very good about that. But he's also very smart. And he knows that we're stuck with two other dogs and we can't go after him. And most times, that's why we walk together. You'd be, it would be unbearable to do it by yourself. I mean, we did it a few times, but it's not easy. It becomes... I don't know. It becomes a real chore. Yeah. This is why I'm impressed by people who I see walking like down the street with three dogs. It's just, it's just crazy. But first we had the little Chiwi who came. He's a Chihuahua wiener dog mix. That's why we call him a Chiwi. And I guess the official name for him is a Chiwini. And he showed up because there was a new dog that came into the rescue who has a crushed hip. And he was in a car accident. And he needs to get surgery. It's going to cost a couple thousand dollars for the surgery. And so the lady who's taking him for that didn't want to have to handle him as well. Right. So we swapped. We took this dog. She took that dog. Because we didn't really want to have to deal with the hip dog. Then this other lady had a wiener dog that she was going on, on a trip for the 4th of July. And so she needed someone to watch him. So we, of course, volunteered to watch him. Right. He shows up on the 3rd of July. This one showed up on... The 2nd. 30th. 30th of June. And so this other wiener dog shows up on the 3rd of July, and he is like just the sweetest, nicest, kindest, gentlest dog. He was... I, I fell in love with that dog. I, like immediately. I miss, I miss him already. Like, he, he's only been gone for 24 hours, and I, and I miss him like crazy. And he was so friendly, and he made all sorts of noises. It was the funniest, cutest thing. Just, just so adorable. And interestingly, like we've talked before about how Yogi takes time to get used to them. He took to these two just like that. Like, I don't know if he's becoming used to it or if we were just getting lucky and getting good dogs. I think he's just happy they're not beans. (laughs) Beans was a handful. And then there was Yogi. And then like on 4th of July, I believe we've sort of touched on this. 
the Chiwi, he just sat on one side of the couch and stared at me. He was kind of angry at me that day. And <laughs> the fireworks didn't face him. He didn't care. Yogi shivered like a leaf, even with Benadryl in his system. And then Lucky the Wiener, he would jump up here and like cuddle up to Yogi. He wasn't as scared, but he wanted to be comforted. He wanted to be near people when this was going on. And it was interesting to watch the like, differences between the three dogs. We had one who didn't care, one who was so deathly afraid, and the other one who was kind of like, well, I don't know what this is, so I'm going to make sure I come near you just in case something bad's going to happen. You'll, you'll protect me. Yeah. You know? It was an interesting thing. So we got big things coming up that, you know, tomorrow that we'll talk about another time after yep. it's over. But I'm looking forward to the next few weeks. We're going to come at you live from Arizona at some point uh, in the next, what, three weeks? Something like that. And we'll do at least one episode from Arizona, maybe two. We'll see. That'll be fun. And stop rolling your eyes because we uh, we are on a schedule. So we just will like so you have to take everything with us to Arizona is all. I'm- no, just two microphones and a recording thing. That's it. It's not like you're not already bringing your computer with you. Oh, one who will probably work eighty percent of the time we're there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's going to be an interesting month. July is kind of an exciting month, I think, for us. The last couple of years, the summertime has been booming for business. Really good time for business. Closing up a project here pretty soon. That's kind of exciting. Really exciting. Can't wait till that one's over. And that's pretty much it. What else have you got to add? I got nothing. Good night, everyone. Hasta la bye-bye. Earthquakes. Thank you for listening to The Nightly Rant. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. If you didn't enjoy the show, please just ignore that previous request for a rating. This has been a Yogi's Podcast Network production.